What a great way to wake up. With a cup of logic, reason, and common sense. Welcome to the Independence Morning View. Let's get to it. Good morning to you wherever you are in the world. I'm Johnny Anderson. I'm joined this morning by Bruce Adams. Good morning, Bruce. How are you this morning? Uh, yeah, healthy life. Doing well. Uh, had an exciting night last night. I uh, got to watch the Osiris Rex footage, which we'll, we'll talk about a bit. Yeah, that's. Uh, I, I'm quite interested in that, and I hope that I hold up today. Uh, we've got Marty and Ned coming on this afternoon because, uh, well, I'm still suffering from the man flu, as you can probably hear. But uh, I'm, I'm coping with it uh, as best I can, uh, and I'm going to try and do the best I can this morning. But I'm hoping that uh, you guys will do a lot of the talking this afternoon, uh, and I'm hoping that you'll do some talking this morning because I don't know how long my voice is going to hold up. But mm-hmm. uh, the Osiris mission, uh, what happened with it? It was the middle of the night for me. I didn't get a chance to watch it. So uh, what happened with it? Yeah, so Osiris Rex is – that is the space exploring um, – let's see here. Uh, the, the name of it is Origin Spectral – Interception Resource Identification Security Regolith Explorer. Yeah, it's quite a mouthful. Okay, so uh, they could have just stuck with Osiris and just said, yeah, that's the name of the mission. Yeah, yeah. so uh, Osiris-Rex is, that is the spacecraft we lo- launched in 2016. Uh, the objective was to get it to Bennu, which is an asteroid. The actual name of the asteroid is a bunch of numbers and then Bennu. But the goal is get it there and get a sample and bring it home. They got it there. Uh, they did the touch and go last night. Uh, it went off without a hitch. No problems. The asteroid is 200 million miles away. They basically take a 11 foot, is it 11 foot? Yeah. 11 foot long arm that extends out. They then uh, go really slow towards the surface. We're talking like 10 uh, centimeters or something like that a second. And then uh, that arm impacts the surface. They release some um, uh, nitrogen gas and it pulls up some material interesting so they're not actually Uh, doing like any drilling or anything they're just grabbing samples from the surface itself yeah so this was designed to grab uh dust material what they didn't realize is that the surface isn't sand they they no legitimately they thought the surface of this was going to be like uh boulders and then Uh a bunch of sand well (laughs) the the little the article i posted there when you look at the surface uh turns out the surface is not a bunch of boulders and sand it is a bunch of boulders a bunch of rocks, a bunch more rocks, and a little bit of sand. So uh, the the location that they are uh, doing this touch and go, um, I think it's like Nightingale is what they're calling it. It is the most optimal location that they can that, that they could find after I think it was like a year or two of surveying surveying the asteroid. Now to keep this keep this in mind, this was originally designed to land in a 25 meter area. So the touchdown site was like this massive 25 meters, right? And that's more or less what it was designed to to land on accurately. Well, they found out that uh, it's a lot more rocky, a lot more dangerous than they thought. So they had to completely change their targeting method. They were using LIDAR originally, laser. Now they used a bunch of cameras to take pictures and the spacecraft itself determines whether it was safe to land in a location or not based on rocks, boulders, you know, that kind of thing and and the terrain. 
and um, spacecraft all decided it all it decided it the landing site on its own. They determined where it would land, like the general area, but it would determine everything else. So and it's autonomous. It, uh, more or less, yeah. And <laughs> instead of a twenty-five meters range, they got it down to a six-meter site. So they, you know, congrats on them for being able to overcome that challenge, reprogramming things. Uh, they literally had to create new software and everything on the fly, uh, which is why it was, you know, took two years of surveying and whatnot. They, they, I forget what they called it. It was like uh, NFT surveillance, NFT or NFL, something like that. So anyway, uh, Osiris Rex uh, did the landing, went great. Uh, they think they got some samples. We won't know till Saturday. Saturday is great. This is this is interesting. They extend the arm all the way out sideways from the craft, right? And then they spin the craft around uh, like a centrifuge. And they're using that to determine how much weight is inside the arm. So they need to find uh, that they have. Yeah. And this is accurate, I believe, to 10 micrograms, I believe, or it's something like wow. 0. 0.001 grams or something like that. So it's like one microgram or 10 micrograms, somewhere in that range. But they need to they need to catch at least 60 grams of material. We can figure all this out, but we can't put someone back on the moon. Well, we can we can put them on the moon. It's just getting the resources and stuff and the the uh, money. But uh, yeah, I don't. I mean, the whole science and everything, I, I, I would encourage you to go back and watch if you're interested. Go back and watch the, the live stream that they did. They go into a lot of depth about how the mechanics work and numbers and all that fun stuff. And it was really, if you're in, interested in science-y spacecraft stuff, it's really worth a watch. If you're not into that, it, it was rather boring if you're not into that kind of thing. So it's a, I did but, see it on YouTube last night, but I, like I said, it was there was still like a time thing there and I, I, was, I was going to sleep. I was out of it anyway. You know, I'm like yeah, dealing with this thing anyway. So I, there was no way I could stay up for it. But maybe I'll go back and I'll check out the on demand tonight. It's definitely I, I think it's worth a watch. It's all it's also fun to watch the scientists, their their ex, their excitement at this. I mean, this is it seems so trivial when you're looking at it. OK, we sent a robot of, up in space and did you but think it was 200 work, millions of miles away. Oh, yeah. Yeah. This and is, you got to think that you said this project started in what? Oh, four. Yeah. Started in 04 and they've been 16 years, almost 17 years worth of work. I mean, you got to think that's like somebody's life's work. You know, that's if somebody started on that project. Yeah. If somebody started on that project when they were younger and now they're to the point where it's possibly, you know, they're a few years away from retirement. That's their life's work. The director, uh, the the head guy of it, I believe uh, it was a third of his life doing this. So. Yeah, there you go. He started with his mentor and his mentor actually passed away before right after the the project had been approved in 2011. So, um, you know, it was it was kind of a double whammy for him uh, because it was such an excitement thing. But it was also kind of like a. Uh, his mentor would be proud of of what they accomplished. And it's just, it was an amazing feat. Honestly, when you think about it, the, the, the amount of difficulties that they overcame, what they've done, this is, this is a huge step towards finding out not only what asteroids are made of, but also this could be an asteroid that's a life seed, if you will. Uh, if this asteroid were to impact a planet, theoretically, it could bring life to the planet. It's very carbon rich. And maybe there's some, um, you know, organic life on there. It, it looks like it, it's plausible, like maybe some tardigrades or something or, or um, other material that was, that's there. Didn't you say there was a uh, like some phenomenon they were trying to figure out how it was working? Like they would you would see a rock like go up, go go around in, oh, yeah. in orbit and then go back. 
Did they figure that out? Yeah. So they this is actually a new phenomena. They didn't know it was happening, and they only seen it when they got close. But rocks were coming off the surface of it and entering a kind of an orbit, but it crashed down back on the asteroid. Uh, but yeah, the asteroid is essentially alive, quote unquote, and was having uh, these rocks just enter orbit and, and coming weird. back down. That is weird. Yeah. So I don't know if it's... Uh, you know, gravitational pull from something else pulling it off. If it's uh, dark energy, if it's uh, geological things happening on the surface of the asteroid, you know, like a almost like tectonic plates shifting, and it it causes a rock to pop loose, and it you know pops up, goes around, and comes back. You know, it, this is this is a microgravity environment. The asteroid does have a gravitational pull. It's just really really small. I mean, it, it far less than the moon. It's the size of the Empire State Building. So, you know, it's like 400 feet or something like that in diameter. And why again did we pick this one? Specifically because it's close. It actually passes our orbit. It also uh, has it's carbon rich. So it could be a life. It could be a life seed, as I said, or or whatever you want to call it. Um, that's that's my own term. That's not technically accurate. But in a nutshell, that's what it could be. It could bring life to another planet if it was to impact it. Of course, uh, something of that size could also be, you know, destructive. But, you know, a, a new founded planet. They also found that there was material on that one that was from a nearby asteroid that they they speculate is the core of a planet or at one point was a core of a planet. Very, you know, rich in metals and, you know, stuff that you would find at the, the center of a planet. So it's possible that this was actually part of the surface of a planet. And this could literally be the remnants of, um, you, you know, like a, a forest or something, you know, something organic, uh, carbon-based. And this is the remains of the planet being impacted and, and fractured and split up. And, you know, I mean, it, it's theoretically plausible based on the orbit that it has. It's a It's an orbit that passes Earth and goes in between Earth and Mars. So, it kind of has a, a little bit of a we'll say an oval for the you know a layman's term. Well, speaking of asteroids, an interesting prediction has been made by a televangelist. Now I know that you're the theologian out of all of us around here, so I thought this one this one kind of stood out a little bit. A televangelist named Pat Robertson says that God told him that Trump will win, of course, the upcoming election, and then an asteroid will hit Earth. So he said on Tuesday, okay, yes, he says that Trump will win. And more than five years later, an asteroid will hit the Earth and maybe bring the end. He says that doesn't mean you sit at home and don't vote. That means you get out and do everything you can to work. But he's going to win. He says that I think it's a given. Then the world will see at least five years or more of extraordinary peace before the asteroid. Uh, what I think is very frankly, the only thing that will fulfill the word of Jesus is some kind of asteroid strike on the globe. It's sudden destruction. It's not going to be some nuclear war. We're not going to be allowed to blow up this Earth. Uh, OK, where's this guy coming from? OK, so basically he, what he's he was theorizing is uh, we're coming in on the tribulation. That's basically what he's saying. During the tribulation, there's going to be peace, peace, which is the first three and a half years. Uh, he's basically saying that the peace will start before then. It'll continue in at the three and a half year mark. That's when all hell breaks loose. And you start seeing things like asteroids, fire, rain, uh, hail, the size of minivans, you know, uh, things like that. Um, Real doomsday, which, four horsemen of the apocalypse yeah, kind of yeah. stuff. Open it. Yeah. Scrolls. Right. Like yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. So honestly, I see where he's coming from there. We already have an asteroid that's uh, theorized to impact Earth or could impact Earth uh, November 3rd or 2nd or something like that. Maybe it's 4th somewhere. Anyway, in that range uh, around the election. So... <laughs> Uh, he could be right, could be wrong. I know it's um, 
this is what Christians believe, more or less. Um, he's just piggybacking on an idea that, you know, if you believe in the end times, if you will, as a Christian, um, he's piggybacking off of that idea. But honestly, Christians typically believe that tribulation is close anyway, because things are, shall we say, heating up and and looking looking like it. As a Christian, I typically don't like these kind of forecasts. Uh, typically, I shy away from them just because when it doesn't happen, it discredits you, you know. I would prefer not doing that. I would rather taking the more general approach and saying, look, this is what the Bible talks about for the end times. This is the scenario that the Bible says is going to happen. You know, wars, rumors of wars, famines, pestilence, so on and so forth. And just say, look, these are the things we're looking for. If it happens this year, it happens this year. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Uh, we don't know. You know, and I, I prefer reminds- taking that route. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of like those. Uh, I'm not I'm not comparing, you know, Christianity to, to what I'm about to say, but uh, it kind of reminds me of like those crazy cult leaders that make these vast predictions of like the end of the world. And then when it doesn't yeah. happen, they say, oh, uh, well, there was this that happened and that's why it didn't happen. So we have to move the date back to, you know, two years from now or something. And so it's it, it gives people. I don't want to say it gives them hope because it's a doomsday scenario. You know what I mean? So it's it's not that. It's just you get people that that follow that stuff. And it's it's just we need to be looking at the positive side of things right now. We don't need to be looking at negative sides of things because I, I look at these doomsday predictions, no matter where they come from. And I think to me, to uh, I'm not I'm not saying that I don't. Uh, I, I don't follow the good word. But to me, when you start talking about doomsday stuff, that to me is is a way to get people, good people to, that need to be taking action to stand out because they say, oh, well, yeah. it's going to end anyway. So what's the point? Right. I know that's a pretty common. Uh, I, I've heard that from multiple people in my life that have said similar. However, personally, uh, knowing the tribulations coming and knowing that but we're good, we're taken care of. That is actually a great boon for me. I mean, that's an encouraging thing because. Number one, the Bible says that uh, during those times, you know, the tribulation, the restrainer is removed right before then. I'm a pre-trib person, which means I believe the rapture happens before the tribulation. So, ah, see you. I'm out. Ejection seat, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, And I know there's a whole doctrine against it. Escapism, I believe, is what they call it, but whatever. But my opinion on it is, I know the tribulation's coming. I know all hell's going to break loose. I know it's going to get bad. But I want to be one of the ones that's considered the restrainer. I know specifically it's talking about the Holy Spirit, but I want to be one of the ones that is um, doing uh, work to uh, you know, keep keep us from going crazy, keep us from uh, going down that road, which is partly why I, I agreed to doing the podcast. That's that's one of my personal motives. Is I want to be one of those that are found like um, common sense rules. I don't know, it, just one of the ones that takes a stand and doesn't go down off the cliff with everybody else. You know, um, well, evil so, has to be dealt with. You, you know, can't deny that this exactly. is a, th- this is a fight of good and evil. I mean, we we knew that going into this, and as we get further into this, and you start seeing, I mean, when you start looking at all this stuff, it's like because uh, that. I mean, that's why we re-aired yesterday because it's so important. That is evil. That is that that is pure evil is what that is. If you don't do what you're told, you starve to death. Uh, uh, hello. H- how is that? How's that good? H- explain to me how that's good. Explain to me how good people do that. You don't. Yeah. You don't. Evil people it, it, do that. No, it fits the narrative of uh, what we talk about in the, in the tribulation, though. I mean, it fits. Put it this way. All the stuff we're seeing and talking about, I already knew was coming because the, tri- the, the Bible talks about it. That's coming. So when whenever we started talking about this and like social credit, one world government, one world currency, I'm like, yeah, I knew this was coming. I knew this was like 20 years of my life. I've known this was coming and this was going to happen. It's just 
now we're seeing it. Now everything's falling into place. Now everything's coming. So whether or not you believe in it or not, um, and you you say, oh, it's, you know, conspiracy, whatever, hysteria, ignorance, what have you. Okay, that's your opinion. That's cool. I'm cool with that. But I don't know. I, I take great solace in knowing that, you know, as bad as it's going to get here, how bad we see things going until you start seeing fire rain out of the sky and hailstones the size of minivans, it's going to get worse. We're not there yet, you know, so I, I take kind of solace in knowing that um, it it's not bad yet. You know, that's kind of what I've been saying over the last 12 months. I'm like, hey, you know, t- before all the pandemic stuff, I'm, I'm telling people, I'm like, hey, times are good compared to, you know, what, what it could be. And they're like, what do you mean? And I said, just wait, because I mean, we, we could see it coming, right? We could see it coming. We, we were reading white papers. We knew what they were going to do. And people are like, oh, well, you know, it, how could it get any worse? I'm like, oh, believe me, it can get worse. And it, that is the thing. How much worse is it going to get? You know, how, how much worse does it get? And it, we've been saying for a long time as well, it gets worse before it gets better. Now, when yeah, you mentioned there about, worse. yeah, when you, when you mentioned there about, you know, going through the, you know, tribulations and all that stuff, you know, we look at time as, as linear, right? From one point to the next, right? But when you look at it in terms of like a, a biblical sense, when you're looking at it from the, the terms of, of how it's described in, in the Bible and, and, you know, other, other religions, no matter what, uh, you know, even in Judea, uh, Judaism and, and things of that nature, time isn't linear. It's circular in a way, right? Mm-hmm. You, you circle back to mm-hmm. it. It's like you go through the process and then after you get through that process, it repeats again. It starts again. I mean, this is not the first time we've seen the things that are happening. It's just coming to us in a different form now. So I, I look at this as it is a fight between good and evil, but that doesn't mean that it's the end. I mean, that, that's how I'm looking at it. It just means that it's a it's a chance for a rebirth. It's a chance for a, a new beginning. Do you know what I mean? And, and a beginning of good. Yeah, th- that's a good clarification. I'm not saying the, the world's going to end and that's it. Human The human race is done. What I'm saying is, is uh, the tribulation is not the end of the world. The tribulation is the it's going to be a great shaking. It's going to be a great uh, I don't I don't know what word you want to use there. It's going to be pretty, pretty rough during that time. But I also believe that as long as the the earth exists, right, the planet is still intact. There'll be summer and winter. That's what the Bible says. So as long as the earth is still here, we're still going to continue on. Everything's going to continue on. So in other words, yes, I believe the tribulation's coming. Yes, I believe it's going to be all hell break loose. But no, it's not. It's not the end of the world. It's it's it's, a, it's as you said. It's um kind of like a, a new era, new new age, if you will. So. Yeah. And we have an opportunity. And uh, quite frankly, I, I believe that it's I believe it's a slam dunk. I mean, l- look at the uh, look at the evil people that are out there now. They're losing, man. They're, they're losing bad. Their popularity is is in the toilet. No one believes them. I don't believe they're going to have much of a leg to stand on going forward. But that's going to require a lot of, shall we say, uh, participation by good minded people that at this current time are not doing a whole lot. There are a few people out there that are fighting the good fight, but it's going to take more people standing up against this for this to stop. And that's going to be the way going forward. Okay, Uh, we'll finish on this. We'll finish on this point. Tom Cotton. What did I say? What have I been saying? Yeah, he's going to make a run, right? He's going to make a run. Tom Cotton, according to the Business Insider, is already laying the groundwork in New Hampshire for a 2024 presidential run. What did I say? The CCP already hates this guy. Right. I've been listening to Tom Cotton give interviews for almost a year now. And every time I hear this guy talk, the senator talk, I think this guy's going to I heard him give an interview a year ago and I said, that guy's going to make a run for president just by the way he's talking. And he's setting himself up 
the Republican Party is is setting setting him as a placeholder, if you will. And it looks to me like he's going to make a run. Of course, the Business Insider, they're coming out now saying uh, as of today that it's possible he's going to make a 2024 run. And I think he will. I think he will. He made uh, his second visit to campaign for a down. Uh, let me see. For down ballot Republicans in a state worth four electoral votes. A pair of candidates caught and stumped for. Uh, uh, excuse me, stumped for remain uh, relative long shots in their business. Okay, okay, whatever. Okay, so 43-year-old Republican senator from Arkansas has been a long-mentioned future presidential contender, and he was there in... Uh, he was there in New Hampshire. Uh, he's gotten louder on the uh, the national political stage in recent years. Yes. And I mean, like I said, with op-ed pieces coming out in the Washington Post uh, already kicking his teeth in. Well, that means that he's not really favored by the establishment and he's not favored by the CCP, most notably. Now, if he is coming out and he's already being criticized and attacked by the, com- the Chinese Communist Party, well, that's a pretty good indication of why we might need to tick that box. And I've been saying for a while, once Trump goes, who's coming up? Right? Who do we have? I would like to see, honestly, do you really want to know the ticket I would like to see? I'd like to see a Rand Paul, Ted Cruz ticket. That's what I'd like to see. I'd like to see that as a ticket in 2024. Absolutely. At the same time, I, I like Tom Cotton. I like what he says. I've been listening to him and following him for quite a while now. And here's the thing about Tom Cotton. I don't like him too much on foreign policy. He is a bit hawkish, I have to admit. Uh, I, I'm more of a, look, the rest of the world has their problems. I, I get it. But that that's the rest of the world's issues. That doesn't mean that I'm an isolationist. We never said that. I, I do believe that we need to have good relations with other countries. We need to trade with them. And it needs to be fair trade on both sides, not this free trade garbage that, uh, that Trump's actually gotten us out of. Uh, again, uh, with Tom Cotton, I, I think I think he stands an honest chance. But the problem, I mean, OK, two issues. One, He's not brash enough. Okay, he's he's a typical Republican, you know, kind of thing. He's hawkish when it comes to foreign policy. So he's he seems a little bit establishment. But at the same time, he's also a veteran. He served time in Afghanistan. He's a Harvard graduate. So he he's gone up through the machine, if you will. Uh, And he's I I don't want to say he's an outsider. I I don't want to say that. But at the same time, you know, he's also coming out and he's tough on China. We need somebody that's going to be tough on China in the days going forward, because that's going to be the real power struggle in the in the near future, you know, as if as if it isn't already. So, uh, Tom Cotton, what do you think? Yeah, um, I'm for him. He's taken a pretty, pretty strong stance against China, uh, as you mentioned there. He is a bit more hawkish than I like. Honestly, I'd like to see him with like Maybe, uh, maybe even run as a vice or something uh, with like Cruz or or Rand Paul, uh, just because I like Cruz's policies or even Rand Paul's policies better all around than I do Cotton's. But I also think Cotton is good, so he's a, he's a he's a possible contender. We also have other other people that are possible, like Candace Owens. Um, that that's kind of looking like she's she's going to make a run soon, probably next election cycle. She looks like a good good possibility. Uh, first black woman president potential. That, that's a that's you know kind of a big oh, deal. Oh man, the establishment would hate that. Oh yes, they, they they definitely would. So yeah, I don't know, man. We have some good potentials up up and comings that uh, you know I, I'm I'm confident that we'll have some good good choices coming up. All right, uh, we are going to have to jump out of here this morning, and thank goodness because I need to go uh, make some more tea and uh, get myself ready for this afternoon. So thank you for sitting down this morning, Bruce. Thank you to all the listeners for all these topics and more. Please check us out later on this afternoon, and I hope everyone has a great morning.